Hi everybody and welcome to Take a Deep Breath. Today's breathcast is with the legendary Mr. Baz Rutan. Baz is a former UFC heavyweight champion of the world inducted to the Hall of Fame and he has such an interesting story from X-Men, asthma and bullying all the way through to the UFC and how he invented the O2 trainer which is a little device we're going to talk about in detail and how it toughens up your breathing system helps expand out the kind of rib cage so what an interesting podcast what a guy what a conversation you know so knowledgeable about breath work I was put on to to Baz by uh, Dr. Belissa Varanich whose breath cast is in the archives and I'll put a link to it somewhere so you can go back and and have a look at that because that's a great conversation as well anyway Without further ado, let's get stuck into this fantastic conversation with Baz. Here we go. Okay, uh, hi everybody and hello to Baz. Baz, how are you doing today? Doing great, brother. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much for being on the Take a Deep Breath podcast. I'm really excited to have you here. Um, I wanted just to ask you straight away, if you wouldn't mind, could you just explain to our viewers just a little bit about your background? Um, I was a kid who uh, wo- um, was born with a horrible skin disease and severe asthma. Mm-hmm. So they got hand in hand. So if my asthma would be uh, very bad, my skin would look good. And if my skin was really bad, my asthma would be good. It goes back and forth. Uh, needless to say, I was bullied a lot. That led me to start doing martial arts. Then I found out suddenly that I was actually really good at it. So after knocking out the first bully, Boom, it suddenly became a career later in life. I started first Thai boxing and competing, and then suddenly mixed martial arts came around, what they called free fighting at the time. And I went to a tryout. I got into a brawl with some guy there who wanted to knock me out, so I knocked him out. <laughs> and, uh, and those were the Japanese guys who were pointing at me, and boom, suddenly I was fighting in Japan for an organization, Pankras. So I started doing really well there. Uh, then I from from Japan. I fought most of my career there. I fought only three fights in the United States. I think like thirty-one fights in in Japan. Mm-hmm. Then I went to the UFC. I became the I became three-time world champion in Japan. Then I became the UFC heavyweight champion. I had to retire due to injuries, and um, and that's it. In two thousand fifteen, I got inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. Now in nineteen ninety-seven, I moved with my family to America because I wanted to live the American dream. And, uh, and boy, it's been really good for me. I've been in movies, I had a show on TV for nine years. I've been in other TV shows. I was the fitness guru for Cartoon Network, video games. I mean, I did a lot of stuff. I own a yeah. gym here in my hometown. Uh, and then I'm the inventor of the O2 trainer, you know, the, the long training device. Yeah. I, wow. So, so much that I want to ask you. And I, I can't wait to talk about this O2 trainer as well, because that's really interesting. Um, can I ask you about the eczema a little bit? Because I've, I've had eczema my whole life. Do, yeah. do you still suffer from it or have you cured that now? What, what's going on there? Yeah. So when I was competing, I still had spots here and there, but not mm. like I, I used to have it so bad if I will, did, it will burst and pus would come out. It was yes. disgusting. So I had to wear yes. gloves and my arms were really bad, my neck and my ears. So yeah, you're the leper in school. That's what they call the kids, right? <coughs> but you know what? You can uh, you you can deal with it, or you, you can be sorry, feel sorry for yourself. I always thought it very simple. I said I knew I had asthma attacks every five six weeks, a week in bed. I, during the day, I needed inhalers. Uh, I, I I remember forty five pills a day I took. Um, so it was really bad. But I knew there were people out there who had what I had for eight days. They had. 365 days a year. Yes. And I knew there were people out there with my hands covered who were covered from head to toe. So I always compare myself to compare to these people. It's not as bad. Mm. You know, that's what I got to cut over with. And then when I started fighting in Japan, I still had spots here and there. And in 97, when I moved to the States, I think the weather here is that we love it. I think in Holland and, and the UK, it's a very similar weather. It's a very lot of moist, you know, and I think that is bad for eczema because once I was here within two months, it was completely gone. Oh, wow. Okay. So environment made it, made a big difference. You've just reminded me of something. When I was 13, I had bloody knuckles and they would always crack. And I forgot about that. And I had it for maybe a year or two. Um, and I had eczema on my leg as well. And it healed about four years ago. And what happened was my stress went down. I started putting some cream on, but I think it was the stress for me when my stress levels went down. Yeah, healed. So, oh, that's interesting. So you've yeah, the- were you allergic also, like for animals? If you pet a dog, it will get really bad. That's no, what I had. Maybe I don't think so because yeah. I'm fine with dogs now. But no, that's interesting. Okay, and um, so now you've moved to to California and your your skin's cleaned up. 
Skin completely clean up. Wow. Okay. Um, and with the eczema, that, uh, sorry, with the asthma. So you've had asthma your whole life, and and that's got better now as well. You've you've seen some improvements there. See, that's this is the greatest thing. Um, so I've been using for every single. I've exercise induced asthma as well and allergies. So if I will play with a, a dog in the early days when I was a kid, mm. I play with a dog for fifteen minutes, I will be eight days in bed the next day, not able to eat, nothing because I couldn't breathe. You know, like people who go, <coughs> oh, asthma. I said, that's not asthma. Try, <laughs> you know, not able to drink at times because you would, the, the water would go into your throat and into your lungs. So I had a really uh, severe, but when I came to, uh, for every single fight in my entire life, I had to use the, uh, the, the inhaler. Once I started training my, my new adventure, the auto trainer, it was in three weeks completely gone and I never had asthma anymore. So wow. that's the wildest thing. And I said it to a friend of mine in Holland who I know had asthma. And eight days later, he called me. He's selling him now in Holland. Okay. So that was the proof was in the pudding right away. Yeah. Wow. So, so this device then, you used it. Three weeks later, the asthma's cleared up. And yeah. um, have, has anybody else had similar results? Have other people said the same thing that they've experienced? A lot of them. If you go to, um, in the beginning, I was too, too fast with my comments. I would say it cures asthma. And I go, there's still allergies. You know, if I hike here and, I, and there's a lot of pollen in the air, like in the middle of June, July, you know, and with my dog, I'm here. There's sometimes I start wheezing. But now because it's so strong, I just pull straight through. I don't need an inhaler because it's mm -hmm. much stronger. You know, now, but exercise-induced asthma, I actually have a deal for those people. If you have exercise-induced asthma, you train with this thing for one month. If it's not gone, I give you money back. So that's my 100% uh, guarantee I'm behind it. PTSD, anxiety, uh, COPD. I mean, the results are crazy. Go to the Facebook page, Boss Rutens O2 Bootcamp. And there are like 4,000 people. A lot of them are O2 trainer users who bought one and just ask those people. I mean, I don't know these I know I know five, six people of that page. The rest, they're not my friends. I'd ask anybody what you think, you won't find one negative result. So yeah, it's doing really well. How did you get started with that then? So I understand the, the asthma journey, but then how did you get involved in breathing and breathing exercises? And how did you come up with, with this? Okay, so this is, uh, it's pretty cool. I came up with the auto training when I was 14 years old. So we already established I was a severe asthma patient. So I had to go every month, I had to go to the doctor and they would teach you how to breathe because a lot of people raise the shoulders and you have to breathe with your core, yes. right? And at the doctor's office, uh, no, I, I should, should first say something else. I was doing track and field at a very high level already when I was young. And I wanted to become the next Bruce Jenner at the time because he was the gold medalist decathlon. I, lo I really wanted to do decathlon. Uh, and, and I was hard on my way. Everything worked really well, except, of course, asthma at 1,500 meters was hard for me uh, because of my asthma. I went to the doctor's office. Well, oh, no. And then every time after an asthma attack, I would resume my track and field and I would break my running times. And it always puzzled me. So I was like, is this maybe the medication? What is going on? Why would I, after an attack, eight days in bed, suddenly be much better with running? It made no sense to me. And then I went to the doctor's office because I was there every month, uh, one day a month, and I saw a poster of a pair of lungs on the wall, a drawing in a, in a frame. And that's when I realized that the infection, because we think as kids and a lot of adults think as well, the infection is a lung infection. It's not. It's the airways that go to the lungs. Mm -hmm. Those are infected. And while I'm looking, I'm 14 years old, I swear to God, and I see a healthy airway and I see uh, one full with mucus closed. And that was it. I go, like, oh, I've been pulling air in with resistance through an infected area for eight days straight, 24 hours a day. So unknowingly, I've been making my lungs better. At the time, I thought lungs were working by itself. You know, I didn't know there were muscles doing that mm. for them. So why don't I come up with a thing that controls the air intake? Because, and then I started doing bolts and washers, you know, the, the little circles. I put them in front of my teeth. I tried to breathe through that, but that's, of course, super dangerous because if you get tired, you open up to your lung, you're that. So, but it was always in my head. And I was always at parties. You know, when it, at a party, there's always somebody who says, oh, I have a great idea for an invention. And they tell the invention, and I would always tell my invention. It was called the routinizer. That was Boss Routin. I called call it the routinizer. And I told them about the auto trainer. And then everybody would tell me, Dude, you got to make that thing. That is a really good idea. I think you can make a lot of money with that. And then the one day, there was Vandalay Silva. He's a mixed martial artist, a fighter. He was on a TV show here, the ultimate fighter from the UFC. That's a TV show where two coaches have a team, and those teams fight each other. And then at the end of the uh, series, also the, the coaches fight each other. 
And Vanderlei Silva was training his guys with the snorkel device. A lot of swimmers do that as well because you rebreathe carbon dioxide. It sparks a little bit of red blood cell count, mm -hmm. so it might help you with, uh, with better stamina. And my telephone, I mean, I had four phone calls, like five texts. Everybody goes, dude, you got to make that thing, the routinizer, because look, as he's, he's doing it with a snorkel. It's different, but somebody's got to come up with it. Yeah. I started doing a patent search, and what I found out is that everybody protected everything, breathing in with resistance and out with resistance. Now, breathing out with resistance, I never believed in, because you want to completely exhale so you can use your entire inspiratory system to bring it back up. So I said, okay, so I patented this one. And boom, now we found out that was the key to success. All these people, like with the masks and the crazy things, they gave me so much heat in the beginning, stupid videos, went, oh, look at this thing, does anybody persist? Now they want to be a partner because now they realize that what they did is wrong, you know, but I have the pattern now, so there's nothing that they can do. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was a nice little moment. The moment I got a phone call from one of those guys that wanted to partner up with me. I said, no, yeah. that ship has sailed it. <laughs> yeah, too, too late for you. Congratulations, by the way, because I can imagine it must be very difficult to get a product out there. Uh, you must go through a lot of stress to, to do that as well, I'm sure. So congratulations. I think that's, that's fantastic. Uh, when you launched it, what, so you, got, you got a bit of uh, people saying that it wasn't right, and now they've turned around and said oh, this is, this is really good. Is that what's happened? So you've had people... Yeah, because in the beginning, you know, you listen to all the other you see all these athletes with their, with their products, yes. you know, because we didn't have a lot of money. Listen, I, I'm $400,000 into this thing with patents and continuation patents, and you have no clue how much money this takes, wow. you know? So, and I did everything myself. It was really scary, you know, because for yeah. 10 years, we just sold here and there. But now, slowly but surely, every, the results start coming back. And people go like, dude, my asthma is cured. My COPD is cured. Anxiety helps for back problems. And I look mm. at Dr. Belize, I go, back problems? She goes, oh, that's all the time, boss. Because if you breathe correctly, you're aligning your spine. You know that? So you will hear that more. And sure enough, people on that Facebook page again, what I said, boss, with this O2 Bootcamp, just check it out. I'll let you in. It's a private page. But you can ask any question to any person there, and they will give you real answers uh, a truthful answers about what the product is doing. Yeah, and so this device, it's about the pressure on the way out. Is that is that correct? No, so on the way in. On the way in. So you're you're sucking in, and yeah. it's harder to suck in. And do you do you blow out as well through it? Or yeah, what you... I do, I take it out of my mouth, and then I uh, I breathe out completely. I do the special way first. I bend at the diaphragm, so it pulls air out, and then I go all the way ninety degree over, put the auto drain in my mouth, and then I come up while breathing in. And yeah. I try to time in a such a way that once I sit straight, that's the end of my inhale. And that's when you do it like that, what happens is because you're breathing over, you're crunching your core. That means you're going to force your back muscles to start breathing for you first. Mm -hmm. And then when you come up, it starts going from the back to the front. And now suddenly, you, it's a core attack. Now, that is one breathing exercise that I have, but I have two. And other breathing exercise, what I'm doing, that's actually, I can do it right here. Yeah, yes, please. I'm blowing yeah. out, uh, and then when I put it in my mouth. This is the opposite. I'm going to breathe in while I'm, while I'm with the auto trainer, while leaning forward, and then I go focus on my back muscles. So I go... And I really focus on my back to pop out. And oh, when nice. I did this exercise, Dr. Belize told me about this exercise. Mm -hmm. And everybody on that website, again, when I said the Facebook page, I mean, I walked around for five days with a lot of pain in my back. I overworked my back muscles. I had no clue that there were back breathing muscles. Like when I went to Dr. Belize, the very first time, because mutual friends set us up, because we, we run in the same circles, we train military, you know, and, 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 and fighters, all those kind of stuff. Mm. So I walked into her office on Fifth Avenue in New York. Actually, I'm very stoked because she lives here right now. She's training at my gym, so I'm so happy. But anyway, at the time, this is two years ago. And the first thing she did is say, can I measure your chest? And I knew right away what she's doing because she's measuring the chest expansion, of course. Right. So she measures me. She said, breathe in. And I go, she go, and she goes like, nah. She said, no, 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 no. Do it again, do it again. And she goes again, and then she gets up, and she walks out. And I go, okay. And she goes back with the doctor. I go, okay, it's either really good or really bad. Right? Something's going <laughs> She says, if I don't bring him, he's not going to believe what I just measured. Normally, when somebody breaks the record, they break it by a quarter inch. You just broke it more than two inches. We've never seen an inhale like this. The only thing I did different than other people was the auto trainer. So now suddenly, I have those results from a famous doc breathing doctor. Yes. You know, now people start paying attention. Even I never asked Dr. Belize anything. She put it in her book. She trains all the people with it now right now. I mean, she helped me tremendously just by 
doing that and she loves it. Well, and just for people that don't know, we're talking about Dr. Belisa Varanich, um, and you can you can Google her. Uh, I've done a podcast with her, so you can go back and you can see that as well. And she's a, a fantastic expert when it comes to to breathing exercises and, and breathing um, overall. And, and I think, as you say, Bash, she's done things with the military, UFC fighters. So she's got you know a really good uh, body of work. Um, if we just go back a couple of years before you invented this, how would you? when you look at your breathing, when you were a fighter, do you look back and think, oh, I should have been doing it differently? Or were you already doing correct breathing when you were a fighter years before? No, I don't think I did correct breathing. You know, and again, there's stats out there that people don't realize or people are watching that 95% of you are breathing wrong. There's only five in 100 people who breathe the correct way. So I'm pretty sure that I was breathing the wrong way, even Mm -hmm. though when I went back to the breathing classes, your kids, you know, you start losing natural breathing around five and a half, six years of age, because that's when kids get self-conscious and they see Barbie dolls, Ken dolls, they want a flat stomach and they want abs and they think, oh, if I breathe to my belly, the other girls might think that, you know, that I'm fat or, you know, and that's when they start breathing the wrong way. They start raising their shoulders. People don't know that four of these breaths, four to six of these breaths is the same as one belly breath. So think about that. So I had people coming, for instance, with the other trainer when they, after they used it once and the next day they broke a running time. And they said, this is impossible. But then a SWAT officer, I say, he said, I know what happened. I was breathing wrong. This forces you to use your core because breathing in through a, a, a tiny area, raising your shoulder is not going to work. You're going to be forced to use your core. And him doing that 30, 40 times so that the next day when he was walking, he was breathing like that. And that's why he was breaking his running time. So I truly believe I was breathing wrong as well because the stamina I have right now is just bizarre. And I did two conditioning workouts in the last seven weeks. Three days ago, I blew through one that I would use when I was competing. And I go like, look at my wife. I go, this is insanity. I mean, this is so crazy. But it's the breathing muscles that you train. There is no other way to train those muscles. People also don't realize that we have over 10 pounds of breathing muscles in our body. What people also know is, how do you get stamina? How do you get in better shape? You know what it is? The main reason it's training a muscle over and over again with resistance. Mm-hmm. It becomes more efficient. And once the muscle becomes more efficient, it uses less oxygen. Hence, increase in stamina. Of course, there's other factors with blo- uh, intake, uh, oxygen intake and all that stuff. But one big reason is that what I just explained with the muscles becoming more efficient and more productive and then using less oxygen. Well, you can train all the muscles, but the breathing muscles without resistance, you cannot train them. You, you can, but you're going to have to do it like that's like doing a bicep curl with no white weights. So you're going to do 200 of them, you know. So, yeah, you can do it. But if you do it with resistance, now suddenly the 10 pounds of breathing muscles, you work them out. They become more efficient. They use less oxygen. Dr. Belize also said that the feeling of gassing, if somebody's gassing, that is literally oxygenated blood m- removing from your limbs to your breathing muscles. Because you trained all your muscles, but you forgot your breathing muscles. So the whole body is a 2.0. Let's make the inspiratory system also a 2.0 so it matches the rest of the body. So that's how we found out. Yeah. And, and you know, as you're saying it, it makes sense. It's like, you know, resistance helps us get, get stronger. Um, how do you think it helped cure your asthma? What, what do you think happened in the body that the asthma got better? I have no clue. It was just like exercising. Do I would take a sprint. A lot of people have to or sneeze violently three times. I need an inhaler. Mm. That's completely gone now. No, it just it just got somehow much stronger. Now allergies, like I said, it can't fix an allergy. You know that's impossible. No, but then again, there's other things that you can take for that. Um, but exercise-induced asthma, it completely uh, cleared up right away. People with COPD, my cousin. I mean, he had a friend who couldn't do. Get, uh, walk up his stairs, had to stop twice. And I sent him a note to the trainer. He said, boss, two weeks later, he came, he just walked up my stairs. And so those are really great things that, again, that comes from my cousins. And now, of course, people are going to think, ah, he's just made that up. But again, go to that website. Yes. Everybody will say the same thing. It's cool. Yeah. And if people wanted to, if, if people wanted to practice before they bought one, let's say, is there a way that you can do a mild version of this at home? Can I, you know, close my lips and be like, would that give me yeah, some, some benefit? I would just close your mouth, your teeth, go over and go. Yeah. Just start breathing in. And then for all the people also, this is, we're talking about, this is less than four minutes a day. Right. And all these people, uh, guys come, yeah, but I only breathe through my nose. Uh, what? 
I got to do it. It's four minutes a day. You know what's going to happen? You're going to make your respiratory system stronger. So after the four minutes, don't worry. You don't forget how to breathe through your nose. You will actually be able to breathe in better through your nose because now you're stronger. So just see it as weightlifting for your lungs. Yeah. I personally have a problem. And when I spoke to Belissa, I realized I still stuck. I, I stuck my stomach in. Yeah. And it was maybe three weeks ago I spoke to Belissa on the podcast and I've been really thinking, let your stomach out, let your stomach out. But because I'm, you know, 40 years, I've been holding it in, I automatically go back to holding it in when I'm not thinking about it. Do you have any advice about how to kind of relax that? Because I think it's like a mind thing for me. Just let your it stomach is. out. And... It's a mind thing. You know, I already realized that you can ask every athlete if they're doing something stamina involved, if they have a tight pants, it's much harder for them to breathe. Right. You know, so it's just think about it. So looser pants. Yes. And we just have focus on your core. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the diaphragm is located at the bottom of your rib cage, right in the center. That's when you want to focus. If you see my core now, it's really thick. It's com- I have actually uh, uh, bodybuilders and, and people who train by the O2 trainer, not for their lungs, but to, because they're getting bigger, bigger abs. Right. I had guys who can never had abs and start training with the O2 trainers, can do it. And these are more than one person telling me I'm getting apps. I've never had apps in my life. It's a really hardcore workout because when you tell somebody, oh, you do this other four minutes a day, then uh, everybody jumps on top of it. We all, but we all, you know, you know how we are. It's yeah. fun for 10 days, yeah. but then suddenly three to four minutes becomes too much. You know, this is because everybody wants to fix everything with a pill. You know, yes. let's not be healthy. Let's take a pill for it, whatever we do. And, but this is the thing. Once you, once you um, commit to it, and there's, a, there's another video out there, like I'll send it to you. It's a 37-second video. Mm. So two years ago, May 2018, was the moment I started training with the O2 trainer every single day, making time lapses of it and posting right. it on that Facebook page. So I figured if I do it and I show people they, that I do it, hopefully that inspires them to do the same thing. Yeah. So I started with screen 11. Now, 30 repetitions took me 3 minutes and 45 seconds to complete. You can go all the way back two years. And you can literally read all these statistics. Just for fun, last April, just for fun, I said to my wife, you know what? Because I'm now much stronger. Let's put that same resistance cap on. Let's see what, I, what time I do now. Okay, so 3 minutes, 45 seconds. This is bizarre. Mm. I went to 55 seconds. Oh, wow. That's a big improvement. 75% yeah. increase. And you can, you can look that up. You can, two years go back, you see all the numbers, you see the time lapse time, and you see that I'm 100% right. It's 100%. And then you see me on one side, you see me doing it on a timeline like this. And then the other one is not me. You see me flying like that. 55 seconds. So yeah. that was for me also. That's a proof in the pudding. You know, yes. it works now. You, you're a man of discipline. You know, you've obviously got your body into great shape and you're a fighter. You've done all those things. For, for, for people that are not got that level of discipline, is there any advice you can give them? Because when it comes to habits, it's sometimes hard for us to stick to them past 16, 17 days, isn't it? So any other kind of advice you can give us how we can sustain a habit? You know, it's the one thing I do a lot of public speaking as well. And I talk about habits. That's the first thing I always say, and especially I do these kids here also, once they go from high school to college or to their work. And I talk to them when they leave and what to expect, what's coming up. And I always start with the same question. I say, hey, whoever, who woke up this morning from the alarm button, hit the snooze, 10 minutes later, hit the snooze, 10 minutes later, hit the snooze, did it like five times in a row. And you'll be amazed. 95% of the hands go up. All of them pretty much. And I go, that's a bad habit, guys. It makes yeah. no sense what you're doing. If you break it down, that last half hour sleep is a really bad half hour because every time you wake up, why not tell yourself today when you wake up tomorrow morning, the belt, you sit up in your bed, you just walk out. Yes, it's going to be hard the first time. But what you can do now also, you can put the clock 30 minutes later. You got an extra half an hour of good sleep, yes. but then you have to force yourself to sit up. First day hard, second day hard, but it becomes easier. And suddenly a week later, it's normal. It's a habit. And I have a good habit. Now, as fast as you can acquire a new habit, a good habit, that how fast you can lose it as well. If you suddenly don't do it for three days, you know, yeah, that is going to be a problem. I just made, I made, I might have missed 55 zero times, but I'm talking about 900 days. Yes. So that, that's because due to traveling, because I always simply do it. I'm that guy. If I don't do what I tell myself that I have to do, and I brush my teeth at the middle uh, at night, and I look mm. at myself in the mirror. I'll see a failure. 
And this is how I always did everything, approach everything with fighting. If I say, today I'm going to do 10, after workout, I'm going to do 10 rounds on the back. Or whatever I said, I was going to do. If I would do eight rounds because I would be tired and stop, I, I literally cannot look at myself in the mirror. I just made that a thing. I say, you, the first person on the planet that you never want to screw up or lie to is you. You're the number one priority because everything starts with you. For, for your life, of course. It's not an ego thing for other life, but it's important that you take care of yourself because once you take care of yourself, you automatically take care better of everybody around you, your family members, well, whoever is with you. You know, so the focus, first focus is you. Make your life good. And then just don't be a failure in life. I see it as failure if I don't do what I tell myself to do. And I just hammer that in so much. I've been always doing it my entire life, you know, but, you know, I've been also forced, forced by doing things like, I was one flight of stairs up and with an asthma attack, eight days in bed. Oh, if I have to go to the restroom, that's going to be a one hour, 45 minute, one hour expedition. Right. Because I can go two steps down and have to sit, <laughs> go two steps, two steps down on the stairs again and cut. And then going up, that is even way worse because mm -hmm. now you're going to need power. So I was always already knew that, well, I'm going to have to do it. It's either I do that or do it in bed, you know? So I was forced to do it and maybe that helped mm -hmm. me a lot later in life because I simply had to, <laughs> because if I didn't do it, well, I had to do it on the ground. Yeah. Uh, wow. There's always pluses, always pluses that come out of negative things. That's what I always tell people. No, I, I love that. And, and that piece around the alarm clock then. So that, cause if you, if you snooze, that could be your first failure of the day. So make, make that your first win. Um, That's it. Yeah. Okay. For, 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 That's already doing it. And yeah. you, just you saying that before you go to sleep, um, I'm going to fail if I, that's my first failure of the day. You think you're going to do it now? Not if you, if you have a little, you need a little bit of an ego, man. I'm telling yeah. you, everybody needs some yes. because otherwise you don't do anything. Yeah. You know, I always had an ego with, with fighting, but only with fighting. Who, oh, who, you're going to fight Mike Tyson. Who's going to win? I'm going to win. Oh, you think you're going to, yeah, I'm going to win. It, what, you do think very full of I said, well, do you think it's healthy for me to think I'm going to fight him and I might lose? I don't think that's a healthy thing. If I go to, I commit, I'm going to win this fight. If I have that mindset, it's going to be much harder for him to beat me. Now, if it's going to work, we're going to figure it out. But I'm not going to go like, oh, shit, I might, he might not be out. He might do well, Because once I start doing that, you know, I'll, I break myself down and I become this little man. No, I'm going to win this fight. And we'll see what happens. Do not quit. Why would you quit? You know, so it's just the way you do it. That what you just said, you know, that's your first failure of the day. I'm going to use that now in the, in talks because I okay. love that. <laughs> okay. It's yours. For, for, for me, um, I have a cold shower every morning and I never bloody want that cold shower. And like what you said, I think if I don't have that cold shower, I'm going to judge myself all day. So yeah. I, make, I make myself go in and the first 20 seconds is horrible. But then after yeah. that, I'm like, yes, I've got my cold shower. I can yeah. go on to the next thing and the next thing, but I do snooze the alarm. So from yeah. tomorrow, I will stop snoozing. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. So, Cleaning up lives. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, thank you. Um, when it comes to jiu-jitsu, I am a white belt, 100% white belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. I've done it for a couple of years. I'm very, very early learner. But any advice that you can give in terms of breathing when you're rolling, when you're being choked or, you know, people, because I'm, <laughs> I'm going crazy. Is there any advice you can give in terms of, of that? In terms of Yeah, it's also, it's again, it's exactly uh, training your core. Okay. Because what happens is this, the stronger your core gets. Like, so it is helping a lot of jiu-jitsu guys. Uh, Joey Diaz, the comedian who could never do a full class well, guess what? He's doing full classes now. Okay. Go to trainer. You see? And what, what, this is the thing. So for the people at home who don't know what, how breathing works, I'll, let me say that very fast because otherwise I have like, what the heck is going on? If you completely exhale. Oh, this is actually a fun story. I won a fight in Japan with a, with a move, a submission move that I made up. And you know what it was? I would be in a scarfold, so his head would be here. And mm -hmm. I would grab one leg. I would grab the inside of my legs here. Yeah. And I would push them together. I would squish them together. I, I would be an anaconda around him. Now, what it does, it doesn't do anything hurtful. But what it does is it, make, it makes sure that you can't expand your chest. Nice. So if this guy just took a breath, he can hold that move for as long as he can hold his breath. As soon as he exhales, he cannot inhale anymore because I stopped him from breathing. And he has to tap. I literally want to fight with that. Wow. Now, with that said, imagine if you can't expand your chest... 
you can't fill up your lungs. Your lungs are just two bags. They don't do anything. There's no muscle in your lungs. Mm -hmm. And there's a vacuum between your body and the lungs. And if you expand your chest, that's how you open up your lungs. A lot of, a lot of people think, oh, I'm, my, my chest expands because I'm filling up with air. No, it's the other way around. It's backwards what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. You're expanding, and that's how you fill them up with air. It's really weird if you think about it. And squeezing everything together, that takes the air out. So if you have a very strong breathing muscle, a diaphragm, and somebody lays on top of me, what I do is this. I go whoop, and I, I keep it pushed out. And then I start breathing inside this. I can still breathe a little bit back and forward. So okay. I have more air. It's a really weird of explaining. Yeah, I hope that it comes over like that. So I'm expanding. Yep. While he's laying on top of me, I'm pressing my abs forward while he's laying on me. And now underneath there, I can start breathing because oh, I give okay. myself a little space inside. And this is all and the intercostal muscles are moving a bit. Intercostal muscles, yep. And especially okay. the outer intercostal muscles, they're, they're the ones who do it. So because you know as well in grappling, if a bike belt lays on top of you, I mean, just by laying, he's like pressing all the air out of your, out of your body because, you know, they know exactly where to lay on the floating ribs, you know, to get all the air out. And that's, again, floating ribs. That's where your diaphragm is located. You see, it's all, it's all combination with breathing. So, yeah, that will help a lot once you make that muscle stronger because you can keep it expanded and then start breathing on the inside. Right. And, and how long does it take to train that muscle to get that stronger, the, the diaphragmatic area? How long would that take? Really like, like, yeah. like I said, that one guy, uh, that, that was a SWAT officer and, and, uh, and he, he did it one day and the next day he broke his time. Mm. So you can only imagine if you do this 30 days in a row. That's it. I never knew how to breathe. When I came to Belize, I broke all the records. I have the high, I have an A-plus breathing. She's just never seen anything like it. Yeah. And she measured everybody wow. in the world. And it is because of their breathing. Now we're actually, I'm at 182%. Like a normal person, 100%, I'm already at 182. Now I start adding my back breathing muscles. So we want to see if I can go over 200%. So 100% is the normal level. That's yes. perfect. Yes. But I'm already at over 180 now. So it's, uh, and I, I have the feeling with, with her help, because also the side muscles, there's yes. also tricks that you can do for those so that the whole body, because that's what the people, it's, the diaphragm is a circle. It's like a Frisbee, you know? And it, it hangs. And if it, if it flattens out, that's how you open up your chest. It's mm. just a big muscle in the middle. It's the, the skirt stake. <laughs> that, 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 that is, that's a diaphragm. If you nice. eat a skirt stake, that's a diaphragm from a cow or whatever you're doing. Okay. It's a thin muscle, but it's a very strong muscle. It pushes it out, opens up the ribs. That together with the intercostals that you talked about, especially the outer intercostals, because that's for opening up. That's how you breathe in together with your diaphragm. Mm. Breathing out is the obliques, your abs, and your core. Uh, that squeezes everything together. That's how you breathe out. The diaphragm doesn't do anything for breathing out. Right. When I was with Belissa on the podcast, she had my arm up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like opening all this up. And every day I do this now, and I can feel this starting to open up a little bit more, all this, yeah. these areas. And you get a big air, you know, your lungs are full of air. And I do the other side and some twisting. And I'm starting to feel things open up a little bit. It's crazy, right? With me, what she does, she lets me lay on my side. I put like a 10 or 15 pound weight on my side. And then I, for, I on my mind go only to push this weight up. You know, so laying flat. And then you only on that side. And then I do 15 times on this side, 15 times on the other side. She has another great thing that she does upside down breathing. Oh. Uh, that works the opposite of the diaphragm, the squeezing out, because now your feet are up. And then oh. you have to breathe. So opening up is much easier because you're already upside down, but then the squeezing is going to become much harder. So yeah, Belize really focuses on the breathing out part. So I just said, if you do breathing out and breathing in, if you do it both, that's bad. But I should have said, if you do it simultaneously, it's bad. And the reason is, if I breathe out with resistance, I can never really empty my lungs. There will always be air in my lungs because there's a moment that if I take this out, I can still breathe out, but only this resistance gap I can't breathe against anymore, see? Mm. So if you do it simultaneously, then you never can completely inhale. You can never completely exhale. So you're kind of breathing in the middle. Now, if you separate both uh, uh, exercises, so like Dr. Belize uses balloons a lot, you know, belly breath, blowing up a balloon, and while you, is the, the balloon is full, she grabs out of a balloon, and she said, see, that's this one, go empty, and you blow this one up. And they do uh, 150 balloons. They go, wow. And you're going to feel your core. So separated first the inspiratory muscles, and then a new workout is the expiratory. That, that is actually really good for you. Mm. But 
What, what, what do you think about mouth versus nose breathing? What are your thoughts on that? I, you know, I, I know my nose is much better, but you know what? You're talking to a guy who broke his nose like seven, eight times, completely smashed in. Yeah. So I always was breathing through my mouth. And, and, and every person that I know, boxing workout, I have some guys, who, how hard I take them, they keep their mouth closed. They don't breathe through their mouth. As okay. soon as I in, incorporate kicking, which is a big muscle, they're all going to open up the mouth. Yes. And so it, it's air is air. That's what I'm saying. I know it's more healthy and it takes the particles out, whatever they say. Air is air, guys. When I was uh, having asthma attacks, you think I was breathing through my nose? There's no way. <laughs> You're breathing through your body. Well, if it's so bad, why wasn't I breathing through my nose? Because I can't get enough air in. Once you get tired, everybody opens up their mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only a certain amount. Running, monotone sports, like cycling, all that stuff. Not sprints, monotone. Yeah, you don't have to open up your lungs. But once you start making sprints... You open your mouth. You're going to have to open your mouth. You have to because mm-hmm. you're going to need air. Or you got to be in this insane shit. But I've never till this day seen anybody who I hold on the tie pads and I've trained SEAL teams. I train everybody who are in insane shape, better yes. than fighters. But everybody will open their mouth at a certain moment because it's going to be too hard. Yeah. And, and that's where the diaphragm is so important then because you need to be correctly breathing and yep. using those muscles correctly. It's really interesting because up until recently, I thought it's only mouth or nose, but it's yep. so much more uh, in depth than that. It's all about breathing correctly. You know, it's, it's, do you do any other breathing exercises? For example, if you're feeling nervous or you've got to do, I don't know, you're, if you're going to say have a fight or you're going on TV, do you do anything to calm yourself down? No, I do pain. Like if my stomach is upset, which is almost never, but I'm really good at just breathing your stomach. Mm. You know, you have to understand your diaphragm hangs like this. Every time it comes up, it comes down as well. It comes down as well. Under here, your intestines are here. Mm. It massages literally your intestines. That's what you're breathing do. You do 18,000 18, breaths a day or something. I don't know. I have to look it up. But it's a lot of times it goes upside down. So if you use your, your diaphragm, you're actually massaging your intestines also. It's great for your body. So most of the time when I have uh, upset stomach, I just really focus only on my pressing my belly out. And then you will literally... It, it, it goes away in moments. It's uh, it, Breathing is everything. Once I realize PTSD, anxiety, people start begging on my Facebook page. Oh, my God, help my wife. And my father, one guy said his father with PTSD came from the war. It helped him tremendously. And then you go, like, wait a minute, anxiety and PTSD, it's kind of the same thing, right? I mean, we start in exhaling. We start shoulder breathing. You're not going to get enough air in. You start panicking. Now you're still breathing like this shallow. You don't get air. And then it goes, it's a snowball effect. It goes worse, worse to worse because you don't breathe correctly. And that's the same with PTSD. Like things come up in your mind. You start getting nervous. You start breathing the wrong way. And once you start breathing the wrong way, well, your body reacts. Hey, this is not the way you're supposed to breathe. You get less oxygen and suddenly you start panicking. And that's when it happens. All these people, when they start breathing using their car, it completely disappears. You know, so anxiety and PTSD, at the beginning, I thought, hmm, that's weird, both of them. But then I realized they're, they're interlinked. Yes. It's all about breathing. So, and that's COPD, asthma, the back problems. I have a guy with intestine problems who needed to surgery that he didn't want to do. He posted also a video. And he said, and I, he didn't buy it for that. He just bought it for stamina. And he goes, lo and behold, I says, I'm not taking my medication anymore for the last six months. It's, it's gone with the hotel trainer. I go, I got another little checkbox. No, yeah. it's insane. So, yeah. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to get one and I'm going to try it because I have had back problems for a number of years now. And when I was doing some breathing exercises with, with Belissa, I could feel the back where it's sore, I could feel it kind of opening up a little bit. And so I'm thinking maybe if I try the O2 trainer, I'll give it a go and I'll, I'll let you guys know uh, what that looks like as well. Okay, no, very interesting. And um, what, does your, what does your kind of nighttime routine look like? Because you're a guy with a lot of energy. You're doing a lot yeah. of different things. How do you, how do you wind down? And, and, and what sort of, do, you get, do you get good sleep? Do you get enough sleep? What does your routine yeah. look like? So I'm a, I'm a I'm, it's always when you bring faith into it, you know, people go, oh, faith. I live the way a real Catholic should live. Not like what we hear with the priest and not like this. I not like we're supposed to do. And it changed really my life. This is for the last six years. So in the night what I do, I do a lot of meditation in the morning and the sprayers and all that stuff. And I do breathing exercise every day. At night what I do, it's called kind of an, uh, uh, kind of an examination of conscience. Mm-hmm. So I'm just relaxed. I'm doing, I'm meditating. I, when I meditate during the day, I go over situations that would, for instance, set me off. 
like an idiot on the street who cuts you off. You know, that could, you know, trigger me and to be angry. I, I just go over those situations and how to deal with them, how to deal with them so that when they happen, I'm actually not doing it because I already went over it in my mind. But what I also do is I go over my day and I just think about what did I do correctly today? You know, can I improve it? What did I do wrong? How can I make sure this will never happen again? You know, and then I just go over all those kind of things. I want these little moments. And sometimes three, four moments during the day hit and a little tiny things. It's, it's really stupid stuff with me right now because I, I go to confession sometimes the priest, priest is laughing. He says, that, that's not a sin, but I don't know what you're doing. But to me, I just wanted to see if I can be nice, normal. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and that's helping me tremendously. And then together with the breathing and the meditation to just calm down and to relax, you know, everything is in the mind and people don't seem to get it. You know, like a, a person that we know, uh, his uh, sister was in the hospital and it was a regular routine surgery. Right, maybe a chance something goes wrong, one in fifteen thousand, and he got all oh, like, oh, oh, and he start drinking. I go, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, first of all, you know, your your sister goes through surgery, so now you're drinking, you're getting drunk. What if something happens? You can't deal with it. Why don't you just wait to see what happens? Because uh, statistics say nothing is going to happen. You know, if it's a 50-50 thing, I can understand why you're nervous, but then still you don't want to be drinking. It just break down what you're thinking about. Because it makes no sense because tomorrow morning you wake up with a hangover and now the problems are even worse, you know, or whatever you did, whatever took drugs, maybe you did, I don't know what you did. We have to learn us, uh, teach ourselves to, to heal ourselves. Once you, and I just talked about it, once you um, take pills for heartburn or for high cholesterol or, you know, or for uh, sleeping, uh, high blood pressure, I mean, you know what, just cut salt out and don't do it for today and, and immediately salt, no. Just do it, that's what I did, 10% less. Next week, I go 20% less. Next week, 30. You don't even notice it. I have zero, take zero salt now on my vegetables. Guess what, my blood pressure is gone. They did tests with people in the Amazon, tribes that they find there who don't use salt. They could not find one person with a high blood pressure, mm -hmm. not one, they tested everybody. So salt is a killer. Just simply cut the salt out. No, 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 I'd rather take a pill. Well, now, you know, I can't sleep. Take a, take a pill. Yeah, I can sleep, but it takes me 20 minutes to fall asleep. I want to sleep now. Well, let's take a sleeping pill. Heartburn. You know, just cut out the crap that you're eating. Why don't you do that? Why don't you make yourself healthy? Don't take a pill for heartburn or high blood pressure or whatever it is, cholesterol. Just watch what you eat. You know, people don't see this is a gift what we got. You know, it's a body is an amazing machine. Yes. You can do anything. You break it. It comes back stronger. What the heck is that? You break a muscle because that's how muscles get stronger. You break them. They're done. And now if you give them rest of protein, they come back stronger. Your bone breaks. If you set it at that spot and you perfect set it, it will never break again at the same spot. It might break next to it because, but that spot is stronger. Now that's your mind too. You can do, look at Wim off. You put, I mean, how can somebody be in ice and bring his core temperature up? It's his mind. He's an incredible, strong mind. And we all can do this, but we think we can't. We, we limit ourselves. The example I use a lot is for the four-minute mile was broke, right? Like half a year ago, whatever it was. Nobody thought that the four-minute mile could be broke. That could, somebody could go under four minutes. One guy broke it the same week, like eight out of nine guys did it. What was that? What does it mean? It means we put limitations because we thought, oh, I can't do it. Oh, he did it. Oh, now I can do it. And suddenly everybody could do it. You yeah. see? Just think about that. We, do, we can do much more than we think we can. But we're such a sissies. You know, oh, the stress. Oh, take a pill of Valium. And then, no, deal with the situation. Yeah. You know, it's hard to do first 10 times, but then it becomes normal. You know, and once it's normal, now it's easy to do. It's just routine habits. There yeah. we go again. I, I love it. Um, I read David Goggins' book uh, a couple of weeks ago. You know, you know of David Goggins, the, the yeah, seal? Yeah. Uh, and that got me thinking. I'm so comfortable all the time. And so yeah. now I, I'm not a very strong person, but I'm doing 100 press-ups every morning. I then go for a cold shower and I do some stretching. And uh, during COVID lockdown, I've done very little exercise. So it's just made me think, oh, because my strength hasn't changed, but my mind has changed a little bit. Because I, yep. if, you, if you spoke to me four weeks ago, I would say, I can't do 100 press-ups, impossible. Uh, and then four, you know, four weeks later, it's just started to happen. So it's very interesting, this ceiling we put on ourselves for all whatever reason, all the yeah. time. Yeah. It's so stupid that you can increase everything, make stronger everything, you know? It's just changing the habit. If you start drinking, 
and every day you say you're going to stop. Every time when you say you're going to stop and you still drink, you're weaker. You get you make yourself weaker. But if you step up and say, don't be a man, don't be weak. I literally have things go off because I am an alcoholic. And it's not, I haven't been drunk for a long time, but I know I cannot really control myself. Right. You know, so I can drink two glasses. I got to step away. If I take three in a row, oh, I want to go. And, and now I drink six beers. It's nothing. But, you know, compared to 10 bottles of wine, what I used to do every single day, that's a big difference, yes. you know. This happens now maybe once every month or so. And that's just drinking a six-pack. So I don't feel anything the next day. It's just for me. If I wake up the next day, I don't have a hangover, no nothing. I can train. I don't notice anything bad about me. But what, what hurts me is that I mentally could not say no to those last two beers. And that will stay with me through the whole day. I go, what are you weak, man? Just be, I'm a slave to that stuff. It just told me, drink me, drink me. And I go, oh, okay, okay, I'll drink it. See, once I start putting everything in my mind like that, oh, you're enslaved to it. Literally, the Bible says you're enslaved, but that's, that's what it is. Yeah. You're a slave to a certain thing. Whatever overcomes a man, to that he is enslaved. That's what they say. Right? So whatever it is, it can be porn, it can be anger, it can be, there's so many things, food, yes. drinking, alcohol, drugs, you know, as soon as you cannot control anymore. If it controls you instead of you controlling it, that's it. You're a slave to whatever the product you uh, are enslaved to. And how, how can people help themselves get out of that hole? Because there are people watching this now that have got problems with alcohol, you know, with, with drugs. What, what advice can we give them to say, this is the first steps maybe to help you get out of that? Any advice? You know, I have, I have wires. I, I have reminders in my phone. There's like eight spread out over the whole day. And, and if I feel a day that I say, oh, I have to go there for a party or whatever, and I don't want to drink, I let every hour an alarm goes off, which tells me, don't be weak, don't drink. You just need a little boost because at that moment, if I'm seeing an alcohol and the alarm goes off, I go, I'm not going to do it. These are just little mental boosts that you can mm -hmm. teach yourself, but you have to do it when you read it because if I don't do it, I just make myself weaker. Right. You know, so if you, it's the same example with the alarm clock. Yes. You, know, you do five times, but if you do tomorrow six times, well, the seventh time is going to come as well. And an eight time is going to come as well. It is because yeah. you go weaker the other way. No, you want to go up. You know, just cut it out immediately. And, and with drinking, never think you have another uh, control. That's the very simple. Oh, I'm going to drink two drinks. It's all when you drink it because, you know, if you didn't eat for five hours and then you drink two glasses, oh, now you really want to drink, you know. But yeah. if you just ate, like when I go to a restaurant, I order a glass of wine as soon as my main meal comes. Okay. Because I know as soon as I eat and I drink, I won't have it. So I just wait with ordering alcohol as soon as I drink. Oh, there's my steak, a glass of red wine, please. That's, I have zero problems with that. But you see, you have to find out what works for you. Yeah. And then never do it again. And, and then again, if you see yourself as a failure when you don't do it, that's what I program myself to do, then uh, it's much easier to stop <laughs> because mm -hmm. I simply don't want to be a failure. Because you've got to look at yourself in the mirror every morning and you want to every see morning. somebody that's, that's winning. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. Yeah, that's what I say with these people with the, the world champions, you know, who took a lot of steroids and performing enhancing drugs and all that stuff. I say, and I always do this on purpose. I say, tonight when you brush your teeth, you look in the mirror because just me saying that, we'll already put that picture in the mind now. Yes. Because I said, when you look at yourself, you see, you look at a fake person mm. who didn't do it by himself. You got help. You got PEDs, whatever you were using, you did not do it yourself. And for that exact reason, I never did it. Right. Because I don't want to look at myself and say, I want a war title. Mm, yeah, but, you know, I kind of cheated. You know, see what I mean? I don't mm. want to be that guy. I want to look at myself and I, I like what I see. That's what I want. And, and that's literally the reason for me why I didn't want to do it. Yeah. No, good for you. And, and thank you for, again for those tips because I think if people are watching this right now, that might really help them think about how they can make some changes in, in their life. Um, you mentioned Wim Hof. Have you, have you met Wim? Have you done his breathing technique? No, I haven't, rim, uh, haven't met him. Uh, I'm sure he knows of me because he, they talk a lot about me too, and, and I, I'm pretty sure it goes the other way around, especially with the long training device. So he will hear it. I would love to meet him. All my friends have met him because they did all the breathing courses with him and they, they, they love it. Yeah. You know? So yeah, he's an interesting human being to say the least. I mean, a yeah. long time ago, I did a lot of things too for fight science and, 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 and uh, there was a TV show fight science, sports science, all these crazy things. And, and I did a bunch of work for them. And Wim Hof was on that as well, also with yeah. ice packed into ice. And somehow he brought his core temperature up, you know. And then they go crazy. like, okay, that's a whole different level of strength, you know. Yeah. But just know that every single person can do. He is not an exception. Yes. He's just mentally strong. 
and he sticks to his guns and that's why he can do it. But mm-hmm. you can do it. We can all do it. Some need a little bit more time. Some yeah. people can do it even faster. Yeah, no, no, very, very interesting character he is. Um, yeah. Do you do anything with cold exposure or do you do any sauna? Do you mess about with the heats at all? You know, I'm uh, in my pool. I uh, That's my bathtub. It's really weird what I'm saying. I have a big bar of soap here Yeah. in the morning and in the evening. And if I work out during the day, I also I shower then after as well. But minimum twice a day, I wake up in the morning, I'm in the pool and I do this the entire year. So it doesn't matter if we're in winter. And winter is people go like, yeah, but this is California. Yeah, but it's still, it's six degrees <laughs> Celsius. <laughs> yeah. It's cold. It's cold. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's not that you can move around in that and stay in there for 50 yeah. minutes because you get hypothermia. You know? so it is, but since I do it the whole year through, <clears throat> I just enjoy it. Just for the fact what you said, you come out and you're tinkling. And even when you, before you go to sleep, people go like, oh, you shoot it because it wakes you up. It doesn't. It makes you just feel good and then you fall asleep. It's great. So yeah, no, I'm I'm all about cold. I, I love that a lot. Sometimes in the winter, I have a snorkel and I sit on the the, the end where I can sit just below the water uh, with the snorkel out, and I just meditate like nice. at 40 degrees. So that's like five degrees Celsius water, and I sit just for 30 minutes. Well, you can't move. Don't do this because then you can never hold there. Yeah. But sitting still, you get a little bit of a layer around yes. you. You know, just relax and just focus. And then, you know, and, and I really enjoy that somehow. My wife thinks I'm completely nuts, but uh, <laughs> I feel really good that I do it. So. <laughs> it's uh, w- When you come out, I always feel fantastic. If you go into oh. a frozen lake and it's, yep. it's when you're out and you're wet and you're cold, but you feel like a, you know, superhuman. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. That's what I like with New Year's. You're jumping in the ocean, you know. Yes. In Holland, everybody does that. But and ah. I do it here now too. But here it's, you know, it's kind of cheating. You're like, it's 14 degrees, you know, in the winter. It's not that super cold. <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, for us Californians, we're pussies. Like, I turned into a sissy within six months when I lived there. I remember in Holland, I would drive around in a T-shirt in the winter time on a bicycle, right? Yeah. Whatever. And six months when I was here, I moved, uh, I went to Holland to visit the family. And I remember standing outside, my father was going to pick me up at the station. And I, I, I forgot a cap. And I was standing with my hands on my head for, because it was cold. And I go, I hope nobody's going to make a picture right now because <laughs> six months in the sun turned yeah. me into a complete sissy. Yeah. My, my, my girlfriend, she, she, call, she um, judges me because I'd be like, oh, I need my coat. And she goes, I thought you trained with the Iceman. I was like, yeah, but I still get cold. I still need my coat sometimes. <laughs> um, Baz, we're, ne- we're nearly finished now. So um, just, um, just a couple of last quick questions for you. Um, what advice could you give people to help improve their health, their general physical health? So we know breathing is important. We've got the O2 device. Is there anything else people can start doing just to get themselves a bit more fit and moving and that sort of thing? Yeah, I would, you know, everybody looks at our workouts. Somehow an hour is a workout. My workouts are half an hour. But, you know, a regular person cannot do my workout because I go hard. I like short, intense workouts. I want to get it over with. I'm just doing it for my health. It's not like I'm enjoying it. Yeah, once I was sparring, I enjoy that, but I can't do it anymore. I have four neck surgeries. So that's over. I can only hit a bag or kick a bag or, or doing weights or pool workouts. I do a lot of pool workouts with resistance tools because in the pool, I do, but it's 12 exercises. I do four sets of everything, 20 repetitions, 35 minutes, I'm done. Wow. I mean, in a weight gym, that's going to take you over two hours mm-hmm. to do the same. I'm mean, 12 different exercises. Are you yeah. kidding? You can go from one exercise into the next exercise, you know? So it goes really fast, and I enjoy short and hard workouts. But <clears throat> like I said, 35 minutes, <clears throat> excuse me, 20 minutes, 15 minutes is okay. Yes. You want to go in shape? Start walking around the neighborhood at night. Yes. Just walk. How many people do you know that were super overweight? They just start walking. They couldn't even walk to the end of the street. They come back and now they run marathons. Yeah. Did they go from there? No, they took them six months to get there. But, you know, life, life is a journey. Life is not a race. You don't need to be there next week. Stop doing all that stuff. It's like the auto trainer with the resistance tools. Everybody wants to go to the hardest resistance right away. Right. Oh, you're diving? How deep do you dive? How deep do you dive? That's what everybody asks. Who cares what, how deep you dive? It's not about that. You bench press, how much do we bench press? Dude, everything is what more and more. No, why don't you do everything for yourself? Just feel mm-hmm. good. Slowly, baby steps in everything you do. If you go too hard, uh, workout, if you approach it too hard, 
The next day, it can backfire on you. All the muscles are killing you. You know, the next three days, you're going to feel horrible. That might steer you away from going back to the gym. Yes. If I didn't work out for a long time, I take one set of every exercise and I'm out of the gym. 20 minutes. You look at me, you're done? I say, I'm done. Next day, I come back and do one set. Mm -hmm. Then two days later, I come back and do two sets. And then once I go to three sets, now suddenly I do four sets. Now I can do whatever I want. Now I'm okay. But why would I go from one day to the other day? Just take your time. I don't have a fight coming up. I don't need to be a big performance in six weeks. No, I have all the time. Do it, relax. That's what I said with the salt. You want to take less sugar? Take 90% less, uh, 10% less. Yes. And I go to 20% less. Just baby steps. This is how I approach everything in my life. I, for instance, my conditioning workout is after a workout, normal workout, I kick it back for one minute and one minute break. Okay. Now people are going to go like, oh, one minute. The way I kick it is a whole different ball game than the way you kick it. I can guarantee you that. <clears throat> and I go hard. Yeah. You can do the first three rounds, four rounds, you're going to crash. That's going to happen. But what I'm doing is this. This starts 10 weeks before a fight. Mm -hmm. Because in, in, in Japan, when I was fighting, there were no rounds. There was one round of 30 minutes. No breaks. One weight class. Wow. You four guys, 45 pounds heavier than you. In a half an hour match. Good luck. Right? Yeah. That's what you do. So I always made sure that my... In, uh, my, my stamina is in peak performance. So once I'm getting used to 15 rounds of one minute, well, one minute break is a half hour workout. Once I can plow through it, which goes pretty fast, I go to one minute and five seconds the next week. 55 seconds rest. Right. The next week, five, uh, one minute and 10 seconds. Every time, each week, I just add five seconds only. And soon enough, in like eight weeks, you're at one and a half minute rounds, full power with only 30 seconds break. You're going to be in such an insane shape. It's just crazy. But you see, I do five-second increments per week. And in light of the outside, you go like, oh, that's stupid. Yo, because, but if I go one and a half minute rounds right away from the beginning, within four weeks, I burned out. My body can't do it because it's simply it can't keep up. I mean, it's too much energy you're throwing out. But if I slowly but surely increase it a little bit, yes, then you get much stronger. And it's Fantastic. easier. So, so life is a marathon. Just do something. If you're doing nothing, just go and do something. Uh, and then add increments and you'll build up slowly. Don't try and force it. Rush, you know, do it in bits. Okay, now that's really good advice. And the example of what you said, with your, uh, your, your push-ups. My, my daughter said, I want to know push-ups. I say, honey, you can do 100 push-ups in a month if you do what I say. Mm. What do I do? I say four times a week. Mm. You do as many push-ups as you can. Mm -hmm. You wait a minute and a half. You mm -hmm. do again as many push-ups as you can. And you do that one more time. And then you do only four times a week. Right. You're going to do 100 push-ups easy in 30 days. That's how the body works. Yeah. But it's just, you have to make the step. Now, now you do this with push-ups. What if you tell yourself, you know what? I'm going to do it with squats as well. Yes. But now you do whatever, as many squats as you can. I wouldn't do that, by the way, as many squats as you can. I would first do 10 or 20, you know, and then take a break because otherwise the muscle attack you're going to have the next day. Yes. You know, yeah. is very painful. Yeah. So again, but once you're used to it, yeah, then start every time. Do as many as you can. Don't do, if you do 10 push-ups a day, in three years from now, you can do, still do 10 push-ups a day. Mm. If you do the maximum amount of push-ups a day, in three years from now, you do two, 300 push-ups. Oh, yeah. If not more. I know a guy, Dr. Goldman, Robert Goldman. He's the world Guinness record holder of many things. Upside down. He stands in a handstand. Handstand. And yes. then he bounces, nose has to touch the ground and he has to push himself up. If he loses balance, yes. he has to start at number one. Wow. Now, give me the craziest number. How many times you think he can do that? Oh, no idea. T 10, 15? No, no. The craziest number. Oh, if I'm going to go crazy, 100. 361. Yeah. That's what a human body can do. Upside down press-ups, like that, upside on his head. Upside down press-ups, balancing in the air. That's which crazy. is touching the nose, touch the ground, and push itself. How is that possible? Just try to yeah. do 10, like you said. Yeah, yeah. It's impossible. Yeah, yeah. He was 361. Wow. See, that's yeah. the human body. But he didn't start like that. You know, maybe every month or maybe every two weeks, he would do one more. Yes. But you see what I mean? It's progress. Yes. And over the years, that's a lot more. Yeah. So. No, really good. Um, can I ask you, do you miss fighting? Or are you, are you happy it's finished now? Now, now I'm happy. Uh, I missed it for a long time. I, no, the fighting I don't really miss, although it's really cool. I trained the, the missed the training, uh, submission, uh, grappling, okay. 
like submission, as you know, it's one of those things that you never master. You'll never mm. be good, uh, perfect at. There's mm. every every workout you you learn something new. Yeah, and you go like, wow, I shit, I've been doing this for such a long time, and it's like I, I never do this. You know, little tiny tiny things. It's so interesting the combinations that there are different, finding different ways set up. Yeah. It's really good for the brain, really good for kids yeah. to do. Put your kid in because the connections they make is really good. Mind mm. body connection, you know. So th- yeah, that I I miss a lot. Sparring. Mm. Eh, not so much rolling also because, you know, my neck, I have no cardio, right. so my neck is very painful. So the pain doesn't make it fun. And so that's why, thankfully, I don't want to do it anymore. Fair enough. Um, Bas, thank you so much. Uh, where can people find you? If they, uh, if they want to go on the internet and get the device or learn more about you, what, what, what's the, where do they go? Uh, BasRuten.com is B-A-S with one S. Otherwise, it will be Bass, which will be a fish. And I always tell people, don't call me fish. Bass Rutten is B-A-S-R-U-T-T-E-N. That's my Facebook. So Facebook.com slash Bass If you want to learn the O2 Trainer, just go O2Trainer.com. And for some knuckleheads out there, I also did Zero Two Trainer because I know they're going to do it. But I will forward it as well. Uh, the Facebook page, if you're interested about finding out what real people say, Bass Rutten's O2 Bootcamp. That Facebook page, go there, and there you can. I will let you in. You know, I'll always check just to make sure you never know who wants to, like, yeah. the porn site wants to be a member. I'm not going to allow them. You see what I mean? So that's why I just went to pray for Facebook page. And that's people can see me posting every single day. I just posted it an hour ago, the video of me doing the breathing exercise, and then hopefully it inspires you to do as well. So, yeah, Beautiful. that's pretty much a boss route in MMA on on, on, on on Twitter and Instagram, but I'm, I'm not a big social media guy. I've, post funny things, but I'm not like, Hey man, I'm uh, sitting and having a drink. I don't don't do that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, once again, thank you so much. I I love talking to you and hearing your story. uh, And I'm really grateful. Um, Guys, please like comment and share below. Give us a little bit of a comment about how you found this. Um, Baz, once again, thank you so much for your time. And uh, guys, we will see you on the next episode. Thank you. All right. Godspeed, brother.